0: So we're recording. Is that recording? We're ready to go. So, how did you end up here? You're listening to Blank on Blank, where lost interviews come to life. Distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. Oh, Captain,
1: my Captain.
0: I'm David Gerlach. It's
1: from a poem by Walt Whitman. Now, in this class, you can either call me Mr. Keating, or if you're slightly more daring, Oh, Captain,
0: my Captain. Robin Williams in the 1989 film The Dead Poets Society. Williams played an English teacher at a prestigious all-boys prep school who ruffled the establishment and the teacher's lounge, bringing theatrics to class to inspire his students to devour literature, follow their own path,
1: Gather ye rosebuds while ye may.
0: and seize the day.
1: The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Seize the day.
0: Now, like so many Hollywood greats, Williams' character was, in fact, loosely based on a real person. Loosely, the key word in this case, it's a guy named Sam Pickering, Jr., who actually taught the movie Screenwriter when he was a teen and has been in the classroom for over 40 years. I spend scores of hours in libraries. Look, I've read everything ever written. But
1: as a friend of mine told me once, and he didn't mean this as a compliment, (laughs) he said, Sam, you hide your learning better than anyone I've ever known. <laughs> so what did I do with that? What did I do? I scratched it down, put it in an essay. It's a great line. Oh, it's a wonderful line.
0: I loved it. John Dankowski there getting a rare interview with Sam Pickering in September 2012. And despite becoming quite a famous college professor after Dead Poets Society came out, Pickering has said that he only recognized bits of himself in the film. In fact he has his own thoughts on the art of teaching and sure Real-life teaching may be less inspiring and world-changing than it is in the movies. But here's our question. Could teaching in real life actually be more entertaining, maybe even more eyebrow-raising, than fiction? You be the judge.
1: Here's the tape. How long have you been teaching at UConn? Since 1978. What's changed at the University of Connecticut since then? I've changed.
0: Yeah, you've (laughs) changed. No, I looked in the
1: mirror the other day and I said... (laughs) My God, what happened to that handsome young man who is this grizzled bastard staring at me? <laughs> so I've changed. Every, I mean, God's sakes. I still have. You know, I'm, I'm aging. But my, all my marbles have not rolled out of the door yet. I have a couple of cat's eyes and Aggies, and I'm not completely <laughs> gaga. So if I, can, I go into class, I teach at 8, and at 9, whenever to teach early morning classes, I'm alert. I'm usually there at 7.15. Because as an aging man, you get up at 4.30 in the morning. You never sleep anymore anyway. (laughs) How do you grade? Well, I've gotten very impatient with grades. (laughs) The way to grade is this and to be happy is to give each student half a grade higher than he or she could ever imagine getting in their fondest imagination. (laughs) Look, I've been in schools since kindergarten at 67 years after a while. After maybe that 50 or 60 years, grades become just little nuisances. They're like carpenter ants running across the kitchen floor. You have to take care of them, but I don't pay much attention to them. For example, I gave a girl an A-minus, and these grades get posted. Within 30 seconds of the A-minus being posted, she wrote me asking why she got an A-minus rather than an A. And you want to be very kind. You don't want to say that you got an A-minus when you really deserve to be modest, man. You are an imbecile for writing, but you, so you give her the reasons. <laughs> but it's not something I think about very much.
0: Do, do you think that there's too much emphasis in our society placed on grades? I think it?
1: there's too much emphasis in our society placed on a lot of things. Grades may be one of them. Maybe even on education itself as it's shaped. Mm. Tell me more about that. Well, Maybe. I'm not going to say more about it. I've written a piece a long time ago in which I said that um, college was really post-adolescent daycare. And <laughs> <laughs> college is only college. Yeah. And it does not necessarily predict who's going to do well in life afterwards. It just is not a predictor. Now, in graduate school, is not even a predictor. I can remember in graduate school, some of the people that were luminous vanished. You say this a lot. You you don't have an answer, but a lot of people probably come to you for answers. You've got students coming to you for answers on these
0: and all sorts of other
1: things. I tell them to think. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's awful easy to give an answer. You know, answers are simple. Life is complex. Look, let's talk about teaching writing. Yeah. We teach writing. We tell kids to write short declarative sentences, subject, verb, predicate, period. Well, life itself is not a sentence. Life is a complex thing with run on sentences, grammar errors, dangling modifiers, and once you put it in short declarative sentences, you understand that you're distorting everything. You know, now, I say write short declarative sentences because that's really the only way to write, but life is more complex. The really good teachers committed to mediocrity. <laughs> You know, he doesn't set some impossible goal. He lives a pleasant, happy life. He's nice to people. He's nice to kids. He becomes satisfied with, you know, one slice of cake. He doesn't have to have the whole cake. There's a, a wonderful man named Corson who wrote many, many years ago. He said that teaching was being. It's your personality. And that's what it is. You have to know your subject, but you also have to have a certain kind of personality. And that varies. Some of the best teachers in the country have been scoundrels, Mm. and some of the best have been saints
0: many thanks to John Dankowski here the entire interview with Sam Pickering from John's show Where We Live it airs on Connecticut's WNPR the website cpbn.org support for Blank on Blank comes from Tiny Letter email for people with something to say it's a simple way to send an email newsletter from the people behind MailChimp, tinyletter.com. I also want to thank Amy Drozdowska for producing this Blank on Blank with me. Our sound logo comes to us from Jeffrey Allen Jones. And for all the journalists, interviewers, nonfiction authors out there, we want to hear your lost interviews. So drop us a line to interviews at blankonblank.org. Blank on Blank is distributed by the public radio exchange, prx.org. That's all for now. I'm David Gerlach. Keep listening.